Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, another Sal Sports and Stuff podcast coming at you two days in a row now. I told you I'm going to try and create as much content as possible to keep you going here while we're all uh, at home, quarantined, uh, distance, uh, social distancing, whatever you want to call it. That's what we're doing right now, and I'm here to try and help you get through it. So, also, don't forget, got some uh, nice quizzes going on. Sporkle, go follow me there at Sal Sports. Follow me on Twitter at Sal Sports, and even click the links to the Sporkle quizzes. We've had a few of those as well. Got a podcaster I wanted to get done because it is official. Tom Brady is now a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The team tweeted that out. They showed the picture of Brady signing the contract, and I have a special guest coming your way in just a little while. It is TJ Reeves. He is the Buccaneers sideline reporter. So, got two sideline reporters, one podcast here. In the meantime, I got Max up here. He's playing hockey in the other room, in his playroom. I'm in my side of the office. He's on his side of his office, which is his playroom. As I've told you before, you might get some noises while I'm doing this, uh, these podcasts these days and whatever's going on. A minute ago, he said he wanted to talk some hockey. Come here, Max. Let's talk some hockey. Let's talk about what's going on with hockey. Come here. All right, buddy. So uh, you love playing hockey. You love playing knee hockey. What happens when you play against daddy and knee hockey? What? Uh, who wins? Me. No, I think I do. No, all the I time. do. I totally win all I the time. Do. No. All right. So when yeah. we play, who uh, who are you? What what team are you? Sabres and he's the... What team? So I, I'm different teams. What team did I tell you I would be today? Uh, the Oilers. Edmonton Oilers and what player? Con... Kind of McDavid. That's right. And then you said to me, well, you got to get a jersey and write like 97 on it because you knew that was his number. That's pretty cool. All right. He went over and uh, he's going to play hockey again. So I'll be joining him in just a little while and probably kick his butt like I normally do. In the meantime, what? I'm not going to kick your butt. I always kick your butt in hockey. No, you don't. I do. I might kick what? your butt in hockey and then I'm going to beat you up. I'm going to beat you up and do the bull. Oh, you're going to do the bull when you charge yeah. at me? Is that what you're going to do? All right. Yeah, All right. Go into your room over there and warm up and practice because I'm coming to get you in a little while. In the meantime, going to talk to my buddy TJ Reeves. He is the sideline reporter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Buccaneers Radio Network about Tom Brady, what it means for him to come to Tampa, how it all came together, and his thoughts on that, and even his thoughts on Stefan Diggs coming to the Buffalo Bills from an NFC perspective. All right, TJ, my sideline brother from another mother. Uh, great to have you on. First of all, before anything, how you holding up down there in Florida? You, um, the girls, the fam, everybody. We are all good down here. So we're hanging. And uh, just like everybody else right now, taking it a day at a time. Uh, the kids are going to be in the house for a while, for those of us that have those. So 
We're making do, and wow, what news we have. We have NFL free agency this week, and the Buccaneers reel in the big fish here. We got him out of the NFC, uh, out of the AFC East for you, and now the NFC South becomes very intriguing, does it not? Yeah, let's um, let's rewind a little bit. I want to ask you. You know, you've been on the Bucks sideline for many years, more than I have been on the Bills sideline. But we do this for a living. We talk to people. We know some things. You hear some things. Uh, nationally, we started to hear about Tom Brady percolating with the Buccaneers. Maybe I'd say about a month ago, and then it started, really started to ramp up. When did you personally get an inkling that this could be something that they might be interested in doing? Now it can be told a little bit. I can't reveal everything. I'm not trying to play gotcha guy. I, I got a secret guy. But as you know, and as you just laid out, we know things all the time that we're not allowed to talk about. Bruce Arians will will come forward and probably say this, and it's easy to say now, but Bruce Arians was confident back a month ago that if Tom Brady was going to be available, that they believed they could land him. So they're saying that. There's belief in that, and then there's actually doing it. But the belief that he had a month ago was, hey, if he does not want to go back to New England, I believe we can get him here just because of circumstances galore. Arians' track record with other great quarterbacks like Peyton Manning and Ben Roethlisberger and Andrew Luck and Carson Palmer and on and on, and even working with Jameis last year. Uh, the, the, the no state income tax, as you know, you lived down here for a while. Uh, tremendous weather. Uh, di- different lifestyle, different in terms of traffic, in, in terms of stress with, with that kind of stuff. Uh, there's a lot to love. And then you got a team that's loaded with offensive weapons. So there was a lot to lure Tom Brady with. But the belief from Bruce Arians was there even a month ago privately. But the, the situation had to play out. I, like many others, found it hard, if not almost impossible, to believe that he was going to leave New England in the first place. So fundamentally, was he going to void his contract and leave New England? That happened, and then the Bucks were able to get the deal done. I'm on the other side. Uh, people will tell you, listeners up here know, I've been basically saying since last, last August it would be his last year in New England, ever since he signed his contract that said they could not franchise tag him. That was kind of agreed upon, knowing the way that Belichick treats people as they get older, knowing the fact that it's someday it was going to have to come to a head. He couldn't play forever. At some point, they have to say, enough is enough. We have to move on. And it always seemed to me that they wanted to get a little bit younger and a little bit more mobile as this season was going. But I really didn't think that Tampa was going to be a hard-charging team until the end. I really thought it was going to be you know, the Raiders or the Chargers, maybe even the Dolphins, considering it's Miami, it's Brian Flores and all that. I think the surprising part for me really wound up being the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because not only Tom Brady, but Jameis Winston. Let's walk through that now. The, the Going from what was the reasoning behind we're going to move on from Winston, and if they don't land Brady, are they still moving on from Winston? Well, those are great questions. So the first, the first part of it is, that obviously Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich were brought in here as head coach and offensive coordinator, and Leftwich obviously a former quarterback in the league, to try to fix what, what nobody else had been able to fix, whether it was Dirk Cutter uh, previously as the head coach, and Cutter was the offensive coordinator his rookie year in 2015. Uh, but with the previous staffs or with Bruce Arians and, and, and Leftwich now, fix the interceptions, fix the game-killing turnovers, uh, that we saw. And yeah, there was a lot of good. I mean, in, in Bruce Arians own words, Sal, he said there was a lot of great, but then there's a lot of terrible. And so you have to weigh the great and the terrible and then try to figure out, 
can we win with this? And so I think step number one was they realized the if the interception problem was ever going to get better, it was going to get better this past season. I, I'm not revealing a nuclear secret, am I? I mean, I don't I don't think it takes Albert Einstein to figure out that if the interception problem was going to get better, it would have gotten better this past year with these guys helping him. And it just as the year went on, it just continued and continued and continued. They were able to overcome some of the early interceptions later in the year against bad teams like Jacksonville or when Atlanta was so beat up. Uh, the Detroit Lions were horrible and beat up when we when we played them in Detroit um, in in uh, December. So you got away with throwing early interceptions in all of those games. But then you, you look at losing the Saints game at home in what was a massive game in November, and he had four turnovers in that game, three interceptions. You look at the, the, the Texans game that I think a lot of your listeners probably saw on that Saturday where the Bucks were still in the playoff hunt, hoping for a wild card, and he threw interceptions on the first two possessions of the game. And you're looking at that saying, this is sealing his fate. You, you couldn't say it at that moment, but this is sealing his fate because it's not fixed. So then became the question, and Arians was very consistent, Sal, about this, of, okay, is there a better option? What is that better option? Are we going to stick with Jameis, and what kind of deal he w would he take if it is him? So all of that, I think, was in play, but really they, they were going in steps. Could they land Brady or another big free agent? And I know... I know they had interest as well in Teddy Bridgewater, but so did a half dozen other teams that were willing to roll out money for him. And so this all moved very quickly over the course of, a, of two or three days earlier this week. And you saw Teddy Bridgewater didn't last very long before Carolina put a, a $50, $60 million contract. I don't know how much of that deal is guaranteed, but that, you know, he cashed in. So at that moment, it became, okay, let's go see if you can get Tom Brady. And maybe, maybe Jameis Winston is a fallback if you cannot. But obviously, uh, they were able to, to work everything out with Brady, had the room under the cap. And Jason Light deserves a lot of credit for having stockpiled the weapons and having the money under the cap to fit a $30 million quarterback uh, in there, no matter who it was going to be. So full credit there. But yeah, it's, it's wild that, uh, that now what happens with Jameis? That's a whole other question. Where does he end up? Where does he end up? And does he have a chance to compete for a starting job after having been a starter the last five years? About a month ago uh, on our show here on WGR, I was in with Bulldog and we did a exercise where he gave me all 32 teams and I placed a starting quarterback and said, this is who I think is going to be starting uh, everywhere in the league uh, opening weekend. And when I was done with it, I did not have a landing spot for Winston. And I said, man, I'm stupid. How could Jameis Winston not have a starting job? I said, but that's the way it just worked out for me. But I really thought, okay, this is my problem. Yeah, right. I might get Brady wrong. I had Brady on the Raiders or whatever. That's fine. But what it really glared to me was I didn't have Winston on a team. And people even said, how could you not have Winston on a team? This makes this exercise stupid because he's going to. But here we sit Everybody's finding a chair. The music's still going, and Jameis Winston's still walking around the circle. <laughs> Good point, and very valid point. And that's not to say that the music has stopped and there are no opportunities. He could go three hours up the road to Jacksonville, where they mm -hmm. just traded Nick Foles to the Bears, and be there with the second-year quarterback, Gardner Minshew, having started all these games, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the only thing is, you used to be in this state. Jacksonville is a humongous Gator town, and the Gators and, and, and FSU and the Seminoles that is that is death rivalry. Uh, so would that part of the equation uh, work out? I still wonder about the Chargers, like you mentioned. I, I thought, what do I know? I thought from a distance that made so much sense for Brady with the Hollywood angle going into the new stadium. They need to sell tickets, uh, blah, blah, blah. 
And now if you're the L.A. Chargers, you don't have Phillip Rivers. You didn't land the big fish at the moment. That may be a spot. Winston has trained in off seasons in California before and maybe at a cheaper, maybe even a cheap price. Maybe he ends up coming out there uh, as a guy that is uh, battling with Tyrod Taylor, who you know all about in Buffalo or whomever else. If the Chargers draft someone, maybe he's there competing for the backup, competing to maybe suddenly be the starter if needed because of injury or poor play or whatever. Maybe that's a landing spot. We'll see. It's going to be fascinating over the next few days or so to see where does Jameis Winston land, or maybe he waits a while for all of this to unfold and does, and does a deal, does a one-year deal somewhere as a backup whenever there's a need. We'll see. TJ Reeves, sideline reporter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, joining me here on the South Sports and Stuff podcast. Uh, leading up to the games, obviously, during your prep work, you know how this works. You watch the film, you see what's going on, and I did a lot of work on Brady last year to really see if it was him, if it was the offense, what was going on. i got to be honest with you, TJ, he was a different quarterback last year. There was clearly a decline in some areas. It doesn't mean he can't be better this year. It doesn't mean there weren't things going around that caused that, but he was missing throws he normally didn't miss. He did not at all want to get pressured. He threw the ball into the dirt. So everybody has you know, Tom Brady, the greatest of all time. He is 43, though. He is coming off a year in which it did not go well for him. So what do you think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are getting in Tom Brady? That's a great unknown. And at that age, I mean, there's a lot of people wondering what does he have left? And you and I, you and I are contemporaries. I think I'm a little older than you are. We remember when Joe Montana still had something left and I believe he was 35 or 36, not 43. And they went to an AFC championship game here in Buffalo with Montana, by the way. There you go. And Montana could no longer throw because of the elbow surgery, et cetera. He could no longer throw the ball with big time zip down the field, long bombs, that kind of thing, but they still made it work in Kansas city. And really, Over the last couple of years, Buffalo has made it work with let's kill everybody with the underneath stuff, the uh, the short routes, the pick routes. You mean those kind of things? You know, we know that you know that all too well. You've seen it too many times. And uh, and yet they rose to the occasion. I mean, there was a huge game with the Bills late in the year and Brady did enough throwing the ball to running backs or Edelman or whomever to be able to get that done. I know their offensive line was bad last year. That affects everything. They didn't have a vertical threat last year to help stretch the defense, not one that could consistently get open and make things work. He has got a wealth of weapons with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and the two tight ends, O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait, and there will probably be a couple of others that will be in that mix, too, to be receivers. So that's not going to be an issue. The issue is going to be, like you mentioned, how does the line hold up? How does he hold up physically? And if he does, uh, I mean, uh, he's going to be in heaven with the with <laughs> the type of weapons that you have because you can't double-team everybody. Um, I think they really missed Gronkowski as the big physical security blanket to go down the field last year. Maybe they underestimated how much they were going to miss him, and I think that had an effect. The Bucks again, have two big tight ends that can go down the field and catch the football in O.J. Howard and Cameron Bray. Let's see how that factors in here in Tampa Bay. Are they a better team than the New Orleans Saints as we sit here today? That's a great question, too, because the Saints have been a nemesis of this team, mm-hmm. kind of back and forth. Uh, I, I do know this. Uh, you got some wild stuff. The NFC South games are now going to be on everywhere uh, in prime time with Breeze back. And there's question marks about what he has left in the That's tank right. and how much arm he has left to be able to make deep throws. Uh, Atlanta now making the moves they're making with getting Dante Fowler and, and Todd Gurley. What does he have left to go around Matt Ryan? 
for this year. And Bridgewater goes to Carolina where they're trying to figure it all out. So the South gets really intriguing. But clearly the Saints have been the standard. You're right. The Saints have been the best team in the NFC South consistently for a decade. And why do I get the feeling that at least one of the games with New Orleans is going to be a primetime game? Probably so. And how about this for a juicy one? You mentioned the Raiders and Gruden in the first year in Vegas. How about Brady and the Buccaneers at the Las Vegas Raiders, where we're scheduled to go on a Sunday night or a Monday night? How about that? You take that right now? Yeah, I mean, look, at, we've uh, we love schedule talk here in Buffalo. Uh, my <laughs> colleague Mike Shope and I were both schedule geeks and schedule nerds, and uh, we were both predicting that maybe the Buccaneers get the very first Sunday night game because of Brady, and the Bucks are probably going to be on primetime five or six times this year, and the Patriots yes. might be on primetime twice, maybe, which is a very very weird. Um, weird type of situation. Yeah, it's a good point. And, you know, Buccaneers uh, primetime appearances have been few and far between. They've, they've had some years where they've had a good season or a winning season. And then suddenly you're on a Thursday night and a scheduled Monday night, a couple of times uh, in the year, but, but nothing like where you're in the hunt with this guy, with this kind of iconic hall of famer to be. And now suddenly NBC wants to flex your game. Now, suddenly that, that uh, Buccaneers Falcons game means a whole lot more with both in the playoff hunt because Tom Brady's there playing Matt Ryan. And so now that game becomes a Sunday night game or something like that. So uh, there's, there's some intriguing games that are definitely on the schedule. And I'm, uh, we're all curious how soon that Raiders game will be in the new stadium. Some are wondering whether the Raiders would open on Monday night football as the second Monday night game, but they've given them that home game so many times. Uh, I, I think they've had it like three or four times as the second mm-hmm. game of the doubleheader. Maybe they will make that the second game of the Monday night doubleheader. And might the Buccaneers be that opponent with Tom Brady in game one? Something to think about. Well, when we fast forward. I, I did a little research on this. So here's the thing. I will tell you this. You can share this with anybody you want. Since they started playing that game in, I think it was, what year did they start doing the double Monday night thing? Back in 09, maybe? Somewhere around there? Since they started- I think it was older than that because it was it was a, it was was born out of the Hurricane Katrina situation where they needed two Monday night games okay. so in, the o, in the 05 season. And so then I think that gave them the idea from then on starting in 06. Yep. Okay, we'll so just do two of these. Since, since 06, I did, the, I did the math on this. I went back and looked at every one of them. The NFL has never put an Eastern time zone team on the second game. They've they've put two they put two central time zone teams, Minnesota and Green Bay, one time each, but they've never put an Eastern time zone team. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Minnesota and Houston uh, did it one time, but never an Eastern time zone team. That would be the first time they've ever done it if they choose the Buccaneers. And usually it has been the Raiders uh, or the 49ers right. or the Chargers, you know, one of the Western teams yep. playing a division opponent, et cetera. But who knows? I mean, if it's the first game in the regular season in that stadium and it's the Bucks with Tom Brady, are you are you kidding me on totally audience? Agree. Totally so that, agree. That has more appeal than the Raiders, for example, in the first game in that stadium playing the Denver Broncos. We agree on that, right? Uh, yeah, no doubt about it. And obviously the Super Bowl this year is down there in Tampa. Don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but that would be an amazing thing to see Tom Brady <laughs> actually you know, go to Tampa. And I, I don't know if the rest of the country would love it, but it would be a pretty incredible story if that were to happen. And of course, I will say this. I... I if you talk about the um, teams that he could have gone to, the Chargers, the Raiders, the Titans, all the teams in the mix, the Dolphins, the one team that is not on the Bills' schedule in 2020 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We do not have to see Tom Brady in 2020. He could have gone to any of those teams. The Bills would have had to play him because the Bills are scheduled to play all those Western teams. So unless it's preseason between us, buddy, we ain't seeing Tom Brady here in Buffalo for the first time in 20 there you years. Go. Well, so there should be much, much rejoicing <laughs> in Western New York because he's had the keys to the car and the deed to the house yes. and everything else for Buffalo and everything else in the AFC East. And so now it is. It's a new day for the New England Patriots to try to figure it out. They, they have been the big brother. They've been the bully of that division. We'll see. And really, you know this because you used to be down in this area. The Buccaneers have been a punchline and a punching bag for a long time mm-hmm. uh, down in and around. And this, this is instant credibility. Now let's see what it looks like when the games are for real this fall. But a lot of excitement down here. That's for sure. All right. Before I let you go, last question. I, I kept you a little long here. Um, I know Stefan Diggs looking over his game logs only played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers once in his career. And that was September of 2017. Yep. In that game, he was a monster though. Eight catches, yep. 173 yards and two touchdowns uh, as an NFC guy, an observer, an analyst. What are the bills getting in Stefan Diggs? Do you like the trade for Buffalo? He's a, he's a tremendous big play receiver. I guess the only question mark, and I don't know him. I haven't covered him is does he keep uh, focused? I mean, there were obviously problems with Cousins. And does he become a problem if the ball's not coming to him enough, et cetera, et cetera, in this situation? And yes, I remember that game well in in Minnesota. uh, And he did that to a lot of people uh, throughout his few years, even with journeyman quarterbacks throwing him the ball before Kirk Cousins. So yeah, Diggs Diggs is an interesting one on the move. There's, there's been a blur of moves every which direction. We got to, we got to figure out what does Todd Gurley have left now that he's with the Atlanta Falcons? What does Bridgewater, as I mentioned, look like there? What are the Dolphins going to look like in, in your division with the remake that they have going on? And do they end up drafting Tua? And is Tua maybe the quarterback or not? Who knows? So there, there are a lot of variables for a lot of different teams. But, yeah, that's that's interesting for Buffalo to be bold. And, and how about what the Bills were willing to give up to Minnesota? And you've already covered this umpteen times. But yeah. it's just it's amazing what the Bills were willing to give up to get digs and what the Cardinals got uh, got in uh, DeAndre Hopkins without having to give up a number one pick. That's uh, that's incredible. It is incredible. And uh, there's lots of uh, jokes out there to be had about Bill O'Brien. I think more than anything, I think the Bills and Diggs deal was more fair for both sides, whereas the other one with Houston, I mean, it just, you know, what was Houston thinking and, you know, Bill O'Brien in that situation. Hey, buddy, I'm going to let you go. I'll get back to the girls. Do what you got to do. Stay safe. Practice social distancing. You and I are several, <laughs> uh, a couple thousand miles apart, so we don't have to worry about that. But maybe yes. we'll see each other in the preseason if it works out, but certainly not in 2020. Good luck with Tom Brady down there. Yes, always love talking with you. Great to be on with you. Take care of the little guy and the wife. Everybody be safe out there. We will have football eventually once we get through all of this. Great to chat with you, Sal. And thanks to my man, TJ Reeves, for joining me on the Sal Sports and Stuff podcast, episode number 16. Be on the lookout for more. We're just going to keep trying to put out the content as much as we can to help all of you out there. And obviously the Bills today making some announcements that they uh, did officially complete the Stefan Diggs trade. Dean Marlowe, I've been told, is going to return to the team. So if you haven't already heard that, if they haven't announced that, that will be coming, I'm sure, very shortly. And we got your free agency tracker at WGR550.com. Download, subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you do so here on Sal Sports and Stuff. Thanks for tuning in again. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.